life is is much better these days for one local woman. We're going to get to her story and why we're telling it this morning in just a second. Why don't we set you up for this? If you weren't uh, available to listen early yesterday morning, we had a conversation with a uh, a doctor from down east. Uh, his name is uh, Dr. Matthew Leonardi, and he was talking about endometriosis and how there have been just an enormous number of Canadians who've been flocking to Romania. Women who've been going to Romania to get surgery to help them with a problem that they have been unable to get help from here in Canada, from our local medical community. Why is that? We talked a little bit about that with uh, with Dr. Leonardi, and, and in so many ways, it's just because of this. Most of the time, women have not been listened to. Endometriosis is uh, an invisible condition uh, for most people, it's something that happens inside of the abdomen. So when it's not seen by the person experiencing it or by the family members or the teachers or the healthcare providers, there is sometimes doubt as to the validity of that experience. And that's really extremely unfortunate. It's led to people believing that it's actually in their head when it's not at all. It's a real, uh, it's a real pain problem. And it's a reality for a lot of people as well, a lot of women, one in 10 Canadian women. And you, you've maybe you've heard the term before. You probably know somebody that's living with it or someone that has some kind of pain that has gone undiagnosed. Maybe they think that they're living with endometriosis, uh, it, but it's something that can be just absolutely debilitating for a lot of people. So why are we not able to solve this problem here in our country and, and we have women paying out of pocket to travel across the world to get treatment that's seemingly life-changing. After we had this discussion on air yesterday, we heard from one of our listeners who told us about a family member of hers who had gone to Romania for this treatment, and it completely gave her quality of life back. So we got in touch with that family member to hear her firsthand story. Our next guest is 35-year-old Lindsay Sikora. She's a woman who lives in Lamont County who went to Romania for surgery for endometriosis. Lindsay, good morning. Thank you so much for making the time. Good morning. Uh, really appreciate you jumping in. When you were listening to the, the doctor's comment there talking about people not being believed, did you identify with what he was saying? Did you live through that? 100%, yep. I was always told it's normal, normal period cramps, normal to have this kind of pain with your period. And like he said, because it doesn't always show up on imaging, um, they can't really say that there's something there. So what was it that was classified as normal? What type of pain were you dealing with? What what would you kind of go through every month? Um, so my pain was so severe that I, when it first started, I was probably about 14. Um, I would miss two days of school every month. I would be vomiting um, because the pain was so severe, cramping, stabbing, burning. And that, that was considered normal? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Can you take us through then from the time you were 14 to whatever age it was that you found out what it really was? And I'm I'm not sure how long of a journey was that and what steps, what what kind of walls did you have to go through? Yeah, so probably took, I would say, close to 20 years to finally get a diagnosis that it was endometriosis. Um, During those 20 years was just switching between different hormonal birth controls, trying to control... Um, Like they said, if you don't have a period, okay, well, you don't have pain, so let's just keep you on hormones all the time. Um, Something would work for a couple of years, and we'd have to switch to something else. So finally, 
In 2019, I decided I wanted a more permanent form of birth control, so I decided to have my fallopian tubes removed, and that's when they finally found out I had endometriosis. So when women are diagnosed with endometriosis, and I'm not sure if, if I'm correct in my understanding of this or not, so hopefully you can clarify, Lindsay. Are you yeah. are you typically not able to have children, or is that just a likely complication of of having this? It's a very likely complication. Um, the further along it progresses, it can definitely um, affect fertility, and some people are unable to have children. Uh, you mentioned you also dealt with this primarily the, during menstrual cycle. As the, the disease progressed, and as I understand, there are, there are cysts or there are growths that can go through the abdomen attached to, to different parts of the anatomy. I, 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 I yeah. imagine that pain became more consistent and more constant. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, after my surgery, when I was diagnosed, the doctor had told me because I didn't need birth control anymore, I could stop it. My pain went from, you know, two to three days a month to consistently pretty much every day. And there are so many other women that are dealing with this as well. There are, you know, there are online support groups where people can yeah. find at least a little bit of comfort in the fact that they're not dealing with this alone. And you found a group on Facebook and it was called Canadians Traveling to Bucharest Endometriosis Center. Yeah. When you first heard that women were traveling to Romania to get treatment, did you have hope or did you think this is just sort of something, this is this is crazy, this is way out there, I'm not going to go find myself in Romania to deal with this? I 100% thought it was crazy to begin with. And then once I joined the group and heard other people's stories and their success, I was like, okay, maybe this is actually a thing. This might actually happen. Uh, so what finally drove you to be able to, to go there? I'm sure you must, you know, once you had your... your your diagnosis that it was actually endometriosis. Was there no such surgery that you could have here? What ended up pushing you to, to look outside of the borders? Um, so I was on a wait list for surgery here basically as soon as I was diagnosed with endometriosis to have it done by an endometriosis excision surgeon. So they are trained in properly removing the excision. I compare it to a weed. You can take it off at the top or you can go down and get the roots and take it all out. Um, so I was on a wait list for that. Told the wait list was six to nine months at that time. Then COVID had canceled all the surgeries in Alberta. So after that, I was basically told, we have no idea when your surgery will be. And by that point, it was getting to daily pain, um, actually as bad as having rectal bleeding as well with my period. So I knew something was advancing and it was getting worse. And that's when I was like, no, I need to do this. I'm curious then, the the procedure to get to Romania, was that co further complicated with COVID? Were you able to get there during the pandemic? Uh, we had gone in June, so things had calmed down. Thankfully for us, it was pretty easy going there. Like the rules were more relaxed in Europe. But it was good timing COVID-wise. But it's still traveling across the world to go get this yeah, procedure. Was... And you have to pay out of pocket there, right, Lindsay? So yeah. how much did you end up having to pay? Um, so for my surgery alone was around $13,500. I had a more extensive case, and because I needed a bowel resection with my surgery, that did make it more expensive than just having the excision of endometriosis. 
Wow, Lindsay, the, I mean, the, the whole thing just sounds like a horror story. Yeah. So let's please, oh. for the love of goodness, give yeah. people a happy ending. Tell us what happened when she got to Romania and then how you've been feeling since. How long? First off, when did you go? So my surgery date was June 8th of this year. And you went there. What did the doctor say? How long? You know, take us a little bit through that process. Uh, so when I got there, we you go for an MRI with his radiologist there who is properly trained to see endometriosis on MRIs. Um, she looked at it and basically told us everything that I had expected. Um, after that, went for surgery with Dr. Mitroy, and after surgery found out uh, so I had a hysterectomy because I also had adenomyosis, which kind of goes hand in hand with endometriosis. So that's a cure for that. I had a bowel resection for an eight centimeter endometriosis nodule on my bowels. I had a appendectomy because it was covered in endometriosis as well. I had my left ureter removed from my bladder because it was almost fully blocked and it was reattached to my bladder. And I had my left ovary removed and a cyst removed from my right ovary. And after surgery, the surgeon told me, I don't know how you've been living like this. He said, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah, what does that do to your quality of life now? Because it sounds like, I mean, this was this was several procedures in one. Oh yeah, it was not a minor surgery at, by any means. Um, so yeah, I'm four months post-op. I have had no pain since being home. It's absolutely life-changing. What do you do every day then? You're not taking a heating pad and putting it over your abdomen. Right. You're not bent over. You're not in chronic pain every day. What's life like? I, it's different. I'm like, is this what normal people do? Is this how normal people feel? Like, I don't have to carry around my bag of pain medications with me because I don't know when I'm going to be in pain next. Or it's been absolutely different. You don't have to plan around pain. Like, oh, I can't attend that event because... You know, might have a flare up. And that's the thing, you know, to be dealing with something like this since you're 14 years old and understanding that that pain is going to come and you right. do have to sort of cater your life around that. It must feel yeah. like the world has opened up in, in such a wonderful way. It's it's yeah. fantastic that your story, Lindsay, has, has a happy ending and that your quality of life is so much better. But it really does highlight the issue that we have here yeah. in Canada, that women aren't mm -hmm. able to access treatment here. Fantastic you were able to go get treatment somewhere else. But to have yeah. to pay out of pocket upwards of $13,000 to go to Romania to have something yeah. dealt with here that is not an uncommon issue uh, is, I think, something right. that we really we wanted to highlight. And we're so grateful that, you, that, that we found you and you were able to share your story with us. We really yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, one last thing before we let you go. If you had any advice for somebody uh, because of your own unique perspective uh, who might be going through something similar, what would it be or have you thought about that? Um, definitely advocate for yourself. Do your research on the disease because I know a lot of education isn't out there with the doctors, unfortunately. And if there, any way, if there is any way you can do it, go see Dr. Mitroy 100%. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate you telling us your story. Very personal story, and uh, hopefully it'll help uh, a lot of other women. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.